0: good morning everyone this morning we are reading again from matthew chapter 6 verses 9 to 13. pray then like this our father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is the word of the Lord. So this fall, we're studying the Lord's Prayer, maybe the most famous prayer recorded in history, and and the exact answer that Jesus gave His disciples when they asked Him, Lord, teach us how to pray, this is one of the most direct answers Jesus ever gave about a direct question. He wanted His disciples to know exactly what their prayer lives should look like, what the priority of their prayer life should look like. So it's very exciting to me that Jesus, who sometimes spoke in parables, whom many times we don't understand, was very clear on how to pray. And what we've been seeing over the last few weeks is that Christians pray to a Father in heaven whose reputation is to be kept holy and honored in the world by His children and whose kingdom is absolutely coming. And that's the point of all human history. The the, the second coming of Jesus Christ and the full consummated return of God's kingdom on earth. And what we saw last week in looking at the phrase your kingdom come, we saw that Jesus was teaching us how to train ourselves in prayer to long for his return, to long for the final coming of God's kingdom on earth. Uh, But Becky and I were talking last week about how praying that idea, your kingdom come, and letting it simply be that, uh, is uncomfortable for us. There's an awkward ambiguity there about simply praying for God to work and God to move and God to return, almost as if we're not supposed to do anything. We just kind of have to wait for Jesus to come back. We, don't, we always like to do something. And that, it's hard to just say, Lord, return. Your kingdom come. But in a sense, that's exactly what your kingdom come means. That there's not a whole lot we can do to bring God's kingdom here. Living by faith means that we accept our limitations and we long for God to move. However, Christians don't wait by remaining idle. Praying, your kingdom come, does not mean we do nothing until he comes back. It's just the opposite. The church historian, Justo Gonzalez, wrote, we are committed to act as those who know that the promises of God will be fulfilled in the future and that this knowledge calls us to certain attitudes and actions in the present. Because He's returning, what we do every day really matters. And our prayer life should reflect that. And our prayer life is the engine that motivates what we do every day. And so the third petition of the Lord's Prayer, which we're going to look at today, is your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If our Abba Father's kingdom is coming, then as his children, we live every day in preparation for it. Now, I think that praying your will be done is perhaps where praying the Lord's Prayer starts to get difficult for us. And, and it's, it's because we, we like to do what we want to do, even when we think we're doing good things. So a good illustration maybe is marriage. So I discovered almost overnight after getting married that I had no longer a life of my own. Right? The, the idea of doing what you want to do every hour of every day, you get married, that, that idea goes away. Right. Becky and I got married in almost overnight, and I remember the specific instance. I decided, a few weeks after our honeymoon, when we moved into our apartment, I decided on Saturday morning to go out for breakfast with a bunch of male friends of mine. We had planned it all week. So I woke up early and never told Becky where I was going. And, and I came home, and uh, we had to work that out. Um, I discovered very quickly that doing what I want to do was forever complicated. In a, much, in a much more serious sense, as God-centered people living a God-centered life, our lives are not about doing what I want. Your every thought, your every decision, your every movement is claimed by your Heavenly Father for His agenda. And you will never be okay with that until you learn to pray it. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Catherine Marshall wrote that the purpose of all prayer is to find God's will and to make that will our prayer. And so I hope you will see with me today that Christian prayer submits to God's will and embraces His work. And as we unpack that statement, I'm going to talk about three things. Understanding God's will. What is it? How can we know it? And then, praying God's will. If we understand it, we should be praying it. And finally, doing it, doing God's will. What we understand and pray for, we should be doing. So, understanding the will of God, praying God's will, and finally, doing God's will, okay? Now, understanding the will of God is the foundation to prayer, according to the Bible. The late Pastor Eugene Peterson, in his book called "Answering God," it's a great book about prayer and the Psalms. He said, "God speaks to us; our prayers are our answer." Uh, reverse that. God speaks to us; our answers are our prayers. It's a blessed dialogue, as I've said already, because God has already spoken, and we have it recorded in His Word, the Bible. Because God's already spoken, we listen. Because God's already spoken, we reply. And we respond with our lives according to His words. That's the key. Okay, so what are, what are, what are some examples? Well, the biggest one is the Ten Commandments. Packed there in, in, in the ancient Hebrew Scriptures, uh, given to the ancient Israelites. At the heart of it is this covenant between God and His new people slave, saved out of slavery. And at the heart of that is, is our Ten Commandments, God's will, concentrated down into several principles, right? And then Jesus told us we can further condense those Ten Commandments into just two. Do you remember what they are? Love God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Or as Jesus says later in this Sermon on the Mount, what you, want to, what you would want others to do unto you, you do to them. The golden rule. So Ten Commandments condensed down to two. Love God and love your neighbor. And that's, that's what the will of God is all about in this earthly life, Jesus said. Now, as you know, or you will discover if you read the Old Testament, Ancient Israel failed to honor God's will. They failed both as a nation and they failed as individuals. But it wasn't because they didn't understand the will of God. You know, sometimes we're like, what is God's will for me? I I don't know what God wants me to do. That's not really true. Ancient Israel didn't fail to do God's will because they didn't understand it. it. Because they couldn't do God's will and ultimately they didn't want to. And so the prophets came along centuries later and basically brought charges against the people of Israel for not doing God's will. So for example, one of the prophets, Micah, said this to Israel, God has told you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love mercy or to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. And see, you see it all there. You see, love God in that, and you see, love your neighbor in that. And the prophets were saying, You know what God's will is. He has told you, and again and again, you've failed to do it. But while the Old Testament prophets brought that charge against the people of Israel, there was a ray of hope. There was the Messiah who was supposed to come and do the will of God perfectly, the king would make everything right. Not not necessarily the King David, although David was a kind of Messiah, but David's ultimate descendant, the true King, the true Messiah, would not fail to do God's holy will. As a matter of fact, Psalm 40 shows this in the words of David himself, I delight to do your will, O my God, your law is on my heart. The hope was that Messiah would come to not only make all things right, but to do all things rightly. That was the hope. And so Jesus of Nazareth comes along one day, 2,000 years ago, and he says to his disciples, pray this way, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And when Jesus said that, he was carrying that theme of doing the will of God forward into the lives of his disciples. Your will be done. Now, the theologian J.I. Packer, he said there are really two aspects of praying the will of God in prayer. He said, when we say, your will be done, God, we need to understand God's will in two senses. His will is his purpose for events, and his will is his command for his people. So his purpose for events and his command for his people. Now, God's purposes for events are His sovereign decrees for history and we can't know what they are. We don't know what they are. uh, And we can't change His sovereign decrees. They simply happen and we discover by what's happened, that's the will of God. But His commands, well, that's far less mysterious. His commands to His people, we already know as we've seen, right? His commands for His people are His Word and what it requires for us to do. So, Christians not only pray for God to have His way in the world, right? His sovereign decrees, His purposes for all human events, right? Where where we pray, Lord, may Your will be done in wars and in elections and in my pregnancy And in the airplane that I'm flying in and have no control over, Lord, may your will be done, right? We pray in that way knowing that his will is going to happen and we can change it and we ultimately can't know it. But we also pray because we have his written commands for what we're supposed to do. We also pray for the ability to do God's will regardless of what happens. We pray for the ability to do God's will regardless of who wins the election, regardless of who wins the war, regardless of how our pregnancy turns out, regardless of whether the plane lands or not. We pray that in all circumstances we do what God has already shown us in His Word that His people should do. And it's really this aspect of praying your will be done that most involves our attention. Because he says, your will be done on earth. On earth as it is in heaven. Moses said to the Israelites in Deuteronomy chapter 29, the secret things, they belong to the Lord our God. But the revealed things, the things that are revealed belong to us. That we may do all the words of this law. It's important for us to understand in our prayer lives that we pray not primarily to discern God's hidden will. That's mostly what we want to do. Who do you want me to marry? Where do you want me to work? Where do you want me to go to college? Where do you want me to live? Should I do this or should I do that? A lot of times God doesn't tell us. He wants us to make a decision based on trusting Him. It's almost as if from from our perspective, He doesn't care what we choose. He wants us to honor Him in what we choose. So primarily we're not praying to discern God's hidden will. We're praying to do God's revealed will. And there's a big difference. The primary motivation of the prayer of a Christian is to align yourself with what you already know is God's will so that you can begin or continue to do it. So knowing God's spoken will, we now pray in order to submit ourselves to it. So, so praying the will of God, praying the revealed will of God in Scripture, it's an act of submission. Your prayer life is training yourself how to submit to a Father who actually knows best. Prayer is not about trying to get God to conform to our will. As much as we think we have great ideas. We pray to align our work on earth with His will. To align ourselves with His agenda, as we talked about last week. If His kingdom is is coming, then His agenda is supreme. And so we pray to submit to His agenda. Thy will be done on earth. So as we pray, it's not just about praying, Father, I need a new job, give me a new job. But it's praying, Father, help me respect my boss in the job I'm already in. We don't just pray, Father, let my kids respect me in the home. But we also and most primarily pray, Father, help me as a parent to balance compassion with discipline. We don't simply pray, Father, let me get a good grade in this class, but we pray, Father, help me to be a good student, because I already know you want me to work hard. I already know you don't want me to cheat. I already know you want me to help the students around me and treat them in the same way that I want them to treat me. Knowing God's will, um, it's a priceless guide. Knowing what God has already revealed to us in His Word is a priceless guide for our otherwise selfish and meandering prayer lives. Have you ever tried to pray and not known what to pray about and then your mind starts wandering and you forget what you're praying about because you're thinking about that argument or that you're thinking about that thing that you want or that person and now you're not praying anymore or you're not sure how to pray? Have you ever tried to pray instead after You meditate on the will of God? Try it. Try meditating on God's will before you go into prayer and you will begin to discover that you have a whole lot more to pray about. Knowing God's will is a priceless guide and and we we discover how to pray by already looking into His Word. So just three simple, simple examples. The creation mandate in Genesis chapter 1. Be fruitful and multiply. Subdue the earth. Fill the earth and subdue it, right? With the righteousness and love and peace and justice of our Savior Jesus Christ. Bring the love and peace of God into every corner of your life and into every corner of the globe. The creation mandate. Or the Ten Commandments, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Live your life to love God and love your neighbor. Finally, the Great Commission, Matthew 28, make disciples of all nations. It's what the church and the Christian community and each of us should be working towards to make disciples of all people groups, right? Uh, We know, as far as it concerns us, if you're a Christian, we know what God wants us to be doing. We know how to accomplish His will on earth. He's told us so much. So in light of that, in light of the Great Commission and the Ten Commandments and the creation mandate and so much more, cultivate a prayer life that surrenders your will to His. Here's just a way that you can pray in your own heart or you can pray as a community group or as a family Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, I praise You because Your will is trustworthy. In a world where where we don't truly know what people's motives are behind what they say, where everybody has a different idea and everybody has a different opinion and everybody wants to do something different, we praise You that someone's will is trustworthy. Your will is good and right and just. And we praise You because You have not hidden your will from us. You've made it plain. And so, Father, we confess, not only can I not do your will, I don't want to do your will. I want to do mine. I'd rather pray, Father, may my will be done in my life and on this earth. And Father, I confess that when I don't get my will done, I punish other people in my life. I ignore them. I criticize them. I attack them. I cancel them out. I discourage them, I look down on them. Father, I confess that when my will is not done, I remain angry with You. And so, Father, I thank You that the Lord Jesus did Your will perfectly. I thank You that His perfect record, His perfect life doing Your will was given to me. His record was given to me by Your grace. And that through faith, I can participate in the work of Jesus until He returns. I know I didn't earn that. Father, thank You for giving Christ's perfect righteousness to me. And giving His Holy Spirit to me that makes me want to do Your will now. And so, Father, I ask You, as the angels do Your will in heaven, that on earth, my work and our church's work and the global church's work would accomplish Your will and would reflect your priorities. And that's just a way that you can pray your will be done on earth according to the pattern of adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Okay? You don't have to use that pattern. It's just an example. So cultivate in our prayer lives a surrender. Cultivate in our prayer lives submission to the will of our Heavenly Father. We must understand His will in order to pray His will. And we must, we must pray His will in order to do it on earth. Now, if you don't see Christians, and maybe you're not a Christian listening or here today, if you don't see and if you are a Christian, you should know, if you don't see Christians doing God's will in the world or in our community, or even in this church, or in your life. If you don't see Christians doing God's will, it it really has something to do with how Christians are praying. Often what we're actually praying is, think about this, be honest with yourself. I've had to be honest with myself all week. Often what we're really praying is, Father, my will be done. My will be done or else. Father, heal my broken bones. Father, allow the cancer to move into remission. Father, I need that job. Father, change that person. You know, as a pastor, I've had the privilege and the privy for many years to know and read and hear people's private prayer requests. And I'm going to be as critical of those prayer requests as I am of my own. I mean this in love. The things that we mostly ask for are not part of God's revealed will for us. We want Him to do the things that are truly hidden, that we can't understand and don't know the result of. But those are the things we usually ask for. The things we have no idea whether He wants them or not. And the things that we ask God to take out of our lives and remove from us, Might be the very things that he knows we need in order to love and trust him more and in order to love others better. But the things that God has revealed in his will for us to be doing and working towards are often the things that we're rarely praying for. Our sin follows us into our prayers. You have to know that. You have to even be examining your motives as you pray. So examine whose will is being prayed for in your life. Is it his or is it yours? But the good news is that praying the will of God and doing the will of God was perfectly seen and done and prayed in Jesus our Savior. It's why he came, to do God's will. He said it again and again. He said, that's that's why I'm here. I'm here to do the will of God and to destroy the work of Satan. And he showed it to us. Even Jesus' own prayer life, can you imagine? God's Son, the eternal Son of God, led us into his private prayer closet on several occasions. We actually can hear, by reading the Gospels, Jesus' own prayers to his Heavenly Father. That's amazing. And at one point, the night he was betrayed, John chapter 17, we call it Jesus' high priestly prayer. Jesus said this to his heavenly Father, I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. That's how we glorify him. By accomplishing what he's given us to do. And Jesus did it perfectly. And on that very night, as he went into the Garden of Gethsemane, Matthew's Gospel tells us that Jesus prayed three times... Three times he prayed to his heavenly Father, My Father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, Your will be done. He was petrified, not simply of being humiliated and executed, bad enough. He was petrified of being separated from the loving, glorious union he had had with his Father in Heaven and his Spirit from all eternity. And he was petrified of what he would have to face the next morning. And in, his, and in his prayers, Jesus struggled to do what? His own will? The will of his heavenly Father. And actually, when Jesus said those words to his Father in heaven, your will be done, in the original language, it is exactly the same phrase that he taught us how to pray. Word for word, it is exact. Your will be done. This is incredible. You've heard me say before that Jesus will never ask us to do anything that he has not already done himself. We think of suffering and struggle and conflict and doing the right thing and doing the hard thing and making the sacrificial loving deed to the people around us and putting him first and submitting our will to him. This is all stuff that Jesus did before us. That's the kind of leader he is. He goes before us. He asks us to do what he's already done and that, that includes your prayer life. He's asking you to pray as He Himself prayed when it mattered most, when it was most difficult to pray, your will be done. He did. Jesus, in prayer and in action, surrendered His will to God's. And now you do the same. In response to Him, you do it as well. In your prayer life, you surrender your will to God's will and discover how it changes Not only your prayers, but your life. It will change your expectations about how you pray and what you think God owes you. And it will change your response to how He blesses you after your prayers, but also how He withholds certain prayer requests from you. Cultivate a prayer life that surrenders your will to His. Christian prayer submits to God's will and embraces God's work. Are you angry with God? Do you distrust Him? or you're wondering why things aren't going well for you, I encourage you to pray differently. And in your prayers, submit your will to His. Although we wait for Christ's glorious return, we pray now. And we labor now for His good work to be done. One more thing, I forgot to say this, and I think it's so important that I'm going to go back and say it. When I was giving you examples of how we should be praying, you know, not just, God, I need a new job, but God, help me to honor you and, and, and love my coworkers and honor my boss in the job you gave me. Remember I was talking about that? It also means we pray against whatever on earth is not aligned with the will of God. We don't just pray for His will to be done, but we pray in love and humility against whatever is happening that is against His will. So we pray that our family and friends and associates and even our adversaries would come to know the love of God, would come to know Jesus and stop rebelling against Him. We pray for wisdom and courage and integrity to work against unjust and oppressive systems in the world, in our nation, in our community, and even when sin has its way in our church. And we pray for patience and forgiveness and compassion in those systems and in those relationships that we cannot change ourselves. And then we give it to God who knows best, who knows the future, who knows His hidden will. And as we wait for that to be revealed, We pray for the will that He has revealed so that we may do it. Christian prayer submits to God's will and embraces His work. Amen? Okay, we're going to transition to the Lord's Supper.